We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I don't know why no one prior to the opening of the film saw the dots and figured out it was Shuri. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, you dummies, it's so obvious. <laughs> Which after I read that, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we all should have known. <laughs> yeah, she's right. <laughs> Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm a Dora Milaje wannabe recruit, Spencer <laughs> Williams. Hello, Spencer. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Elizabeth, same to you. We have not talking in a minute. Talking? We have not talkated in a we long have not time. Spoken in a moment, Spencer. <laughs> Are you okay? It sounds like <laughs> sounds like finals I, got to you. <laughs> right. I've really been in a holiday spirit, if you know what I mean. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you all hear our voices about every week. And Elizabeth and I have actually not met in a little while. A little so, while, yeah. Let's I, just say it was hot outside last time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I took a I took a whole trip since the last time we spoke. So did I. I went to that great outdoors. Oh, that's is, right. That's yeah. right. You did a little a little campy campy trip. Yeah. <laughs> but how are you? I missed you. I missed you too. I'm good. I'm you know wrapping presents, getting getting things ready for the holidays. Just today was my last day of watching anything like not Christmas related. So from here on out, it's Christmas movies and TV shows till December 26th. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm, I can't believe you haven't started already. I, I've watched some stuff. I, tr- I tried to watch Wednesday as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of my new comfort shows. It's like, <laughs> it really, I was like, this is excellent. Like, cannot wait to talk about it with you at a later date. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> So I like watched that. There were a couple other things that I was like, okay, gotta watch this, gotta watch that. And like I've been slowly adding in like the Christmas. I'm listening to like Christmas music on like in the car, like in the morning. So I'm like, I'm getting there. I've been listening to Christmas audiobooks. And then like this week, it's like, okay, all Christmas media all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the opposite. I feel like I feel like I'm listening and watching everything that's not Christmas related. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've been doing so many fun interviews lately, and then I'm getting obsessed with, you know, the content after I do the interviews. <laughs> like, you know, for example, I got to hang out with Mitchell Travers the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he designed the costumes for George and Tammy. Mm-hmm. So now I've been listening to George Jones and Tammy Wynette music, like country music. 
That's <laughs> not that's not you. <laughs> I know. And then I saw Avatar last night. Oh, so. I still need to see that. How was it everything you hoped it would be? Everything. Good. Everything. It was beautiful. I cried. I booked a ticket last night to see it again. <gasps> okay. So very excited. But I've been listening to the soundtrack. Like no Christmas mm. music is what I'm getting at. I'm listening to the beautiful sounds of Pandora. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm happy <laughs> for you. I know that was really like a big, a big deal for you this year. So I'm happy yeah. everything yeah, yeah, worked yeah. out. I hope you see it too. I, I do want to go see it. One of the, I did not, I don't think I saw the original in theaters and I do regret that. Oh, like, yeah. So I do want to see this one in theaters. Yeah. And I would recommend 3D. I'm not a big 3D person, but like mm. this is built for 3D and it's just so stunning. Okay. I mean, it's it's almost kind of scary how like stunning and like beautiful <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see if they I'll see if they have. I wanted to go to our like AMC dine-in theater to see it. So I'll, I'll mm. have to see if they're doing 3D there. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, Elizabeth, this is a special episode because not only are we getting ready to talk about one of the greatest movies of a long time, mm -hmm. but it's also our season finale. Yes, the year has come to a close. It's our first complete year of podcasting. That's true. It's true because our first year, it was we started like in June. So mm -hmm. a full year has gone by. Full year has gone by and it has been... It's been wild. We've had so many like interviews and just like fun guests and fun episodes. There was like a lot of good content this year. And then we then we revisited a lot of just like good classic films like Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Like that was <laughs> that was a ride that I was happy to experience for the first time. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's been a long year. It's crazy to think that it feels like forever ago when we did that interview with Louis Cicada for Nightmare yes. Alley. <laughs> and so our, long ago. Our very first episode was actually Spencer, the Princess Diana movie. Yes, I forget that came out this year. Right. Remember with the pea soup, the green soup yes. that matched the dress and the pearls? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. That scene of her eating eating the pearls is like burned into my memory. Right. Uh, um, one of my favorite episodes is the one that I was so against, but I ended up loving the mm -hmm. hell out of it was Pushing Daisies. Yes. <laughs> that was one I was like, I know as soon as he's, as soon as he's into it, like he's going to love it. And that set off our first ever kind of like series theme series which was our fairy tale romance month which i loved that was just some of our best episodes yeah that was fun and carnival row is coming back finally we have I a release date no i know next year the second and final season not bitter <laughs> yeah. about that at all <laughs> We're going to enjoy that second season, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, also, what I'm now waiting for, season two, Gilded Age. Cannot wait for that release release date. Like, I was come literally on. just going to say the Gilded Age was one of my favorite episodes of the entire year. So good. Such a 
ugh, such a grossly underrated film series. I mean, TV series. I'm actually yes. surprised HBO hasn't canceled it at the way they're canceling things. Yeah. But so good. If they touch Gilded Age, I will be coming for next. So I think they're in production right now, right? They wrapped the other day. So yes. it's done. But, you know, HBO, that doesn't mean anything with HBO. That's true. But I mean, they'll release it. Whether or not it gets a third season, though, is yeah. well, suspect. Let's cr- cross our little <laughs> fingies and toes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> And we've had some really great guests on this year. Um, for example, when the lovely ladies of Fish Netflix came on for Devil Wars yes. Prada. The Twilight episode with Avija and Chloe. That is a dear favorite of mine. Uh, Daniel even showed up yeah. for the Galaxy Quest episode. <laughs> I know. like that one. That was a fun one when he came on for Galaxy Quest. That was just like... All of our interviews. I still love our Mona May interview mm, yeah. for Enchanted. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I could I could talk to her all day long. Oh and yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And um, my interview with Alex Bovard for White Lotus. Yes. And Amy Paris for Stranger Things. Those two are very near and dear. Um, we've had a really great year. We really have. We really have. And I think we're finishing off with one of the greatest movies of this year. Probably the greatest superhero movie. Spencer, what did we watch this week? I am so excited to say that we watched Black Panther Wakanda forever. So excited. We have been planning on making this our season finale for a long time. I think before we even finished season one, we were like, well, we know... We're ending season two with Wakanda forever. Yeah, because like uh, Marvel had like put out that it was going to get like a like holiday end of the year release date. So I was like, well, obviously, that's what we're going to end with. Right. And I was like, I was so excited, but so nervous because it's like we've been waiting years for this movie. And there's just been so much speculation about it ever since, sadly, Chadwick Boseman died. So it was just like so much anticipation and it paid off. It really did. And, you know, Ruth Carter is one of the greatest of all time and she killed it. She exceeded all expectations. Mm -hmm. I will say that we have been working hard to have Ruth Carter on a podcast. She's not here today, but she is excited to be on a podcast at a later date. So we're hoping in a new year we will have a exciting guest with us. But for now, it's just Elizabeth and I. Yes, and we are excited to talk about it, Spencer. Do you want to start us off with a summary? Of course. In the wake of King T'Challa's death, the people of Wakanda must fight to protect their home from intervening world powers both above and below the surface. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom. And that is Wakanda Forever. Yes, if you have not seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever, get to a movie theater. Stop. Stop. There's going to be spoilers after this. Like we like we're not talking about this without spoilers and you should not invite spoilers into your life for this. Coming from me, that means a lot. I'm a big advocate of spoilers (laughs) and I do not believe you should have spoilers for this movie. (laughs) I'm seriously judging you if you haven't seen this movie, actually. So get to the theaters. Yeah. Get to the theaters. I won't judge you. I know it's a busy time of year, uh, but Spencer will. 
So get to a theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going behind the wardrobe, we have director Ryan Coogler and costume designer extraordinaire Ruth E. Carter. Her noble works are Malcolm X, for which she received her second Oscar nomination, Amistad, for which she received her second Oscar nomination. Uh, what's love got to do with it? How Oof. Stella got her groove back. Dr. Doolittle 2 and Kangaroo Jack. Serenity, one of my personal favorites. Oh. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do that at some point. <laughs> Sparkle, the butler. Selma, for which she received a Costume Designer Guild nomination. Roots, for which she got a Emmy nomination. Marshall, Black Panther. She got an Oscar win, a Costume Designer Guild award win, and a Costume Designer Guild Career Achievement Award. Uh, she also designed the first season of Yellowstone. She got a Costume Designer Guild nomination for Dolmite Is My Name. And for Coming to America 2, she also got a Costume Designer Guild award. Wow. So she, especially recently, she is uh, racking up the excellent work. Yeah, and even recently, she became the second costume designer to get a star on a Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes, that was very exciting. Following Edith Head, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, she's is, the GOAT. Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. And uh ruth definitely deserves it especially after taking on this massive project obviously it's a marvel film it was gonna be huge and it's it's the follow-up to one of their most successful films of all time so to create this 2100 costumes needed for the film uh ruth told the hollywood reporter we had a crew in los angeles and atlanta but also things were being made in New Zealand, India, Paris, London, and New York. Wow. My team in Atlanta at Tyler Perry Studios was a good 20 to 30 people doing intake, aging and dying specialty work, builds. We had a floor of just cutters and seamstresses and another floor with the tailors. Then we outsourced to other companies. So there's hundreds of people involved with the manufacture of these costumes, but it all does ultimately run through me. Wow. So <laughs> that is intense. It's so intense. And she did a lot of work with like, you know, high-end fashion designers and it just all came together so beautifully and i can't wait to jump into it i am so excited i have been it's been a long time of me wanting to talk about these costumes so let's take a little break and we'll get into it Play it now with Game Pass. 
Hello, Blogcast listeners. It's Elizabeth Joy Glass, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume Blogcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all your support. If you wanted to continue your support, you can now become one of our costume mavens when you become our patron at patreon.com slash theartofcostume. There we post unheard bloopers, highlights, and you can even catch our monthly bonus episodes for patrons only. Make sure to check out the description for a link to our Patreon. Jump into Black Panther Wakanda forever. I am. I am. Unfortunately, that means we do have to start with T'Challa's funeral, which I'll just say, this film, a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I mean, there. Yes. we were all kind of nervous on how this would work out, and I just think they did it perfectly. It was beautiful. It was touching. It was sad, but yeah. I don't think it could have been better, honestly. I, I don't think it could have. They handled everything beautifully. And like you could just feel you could feel the emotion of it and how hard it was for the whole cast and crew. And, you know, how hard it was for the fans. They, you know, they made it kind of like a very good tribute that everybody could join in. Right. Starting with that funeral though i mean this was absolutely beautiful it's i love it i mean it was joyous in a way it was a celebration and you know Mm -hmm. instead of like the typical you know wearing all black funeral which you and i famously love yeah um but as much as i love a all black funeral i also love a all white funeral this was beautiful i i think the the key to a fantastic funeral is a monochromatic color palette okay yeah (laughs) uh this was beautiful and ruth spoke to vanity fair about it saying we spoke with a historian on african culture especially west african culture he told us it's customary for african people of ghana to wear white to funerals so that is kind of the the cultural reality they base this in for Wakanda to give it a very grounded feel. And it really did. Yeah. It's so good. I, I was just blown away at these first, like what, five, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a pretty long sequence. Um, I also appreciate it Cause it looks like there are some like variations in the white, but it's almost like, it's almost all like pure white. And it's just like, it doesn't blend together though. Like you can see everybody because they all have pr- some different like silhouettes and different, you know, clothing styles, but it allows them all to stand out while still being very unified in appearance. Mm-hmm. And I'll also just say, too, like with, you know, the incredible Ruth Carter, there's a very high bar that she would have to surpass to, you know, kind of top what she did in the first film. And Mm -hmm. immediately in this film, I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to do it because there's (laughs) just so much like we talked about all the costumes. There's so many costumes and every piece is like intricate, beautiful, delicate. And Mm -hmm. the use of textiles, the 3D printing, uh, I believe I follow the one of the artists who created all the 3D printed headpieces for the Queen Angela Bassett. 
Um, I'll have to give the designer a shout out. I'll look for that while we're talking, but, uh, incredible. Oh yeah. And she really had such like a, a much larger role in this film. Um, also so did Shiri. And one of the things where you're like, Oh, like this, this is going to be good. Are the earrings she wears? Yes. So good. So excellent. And Ruth spoke to Vogue about them. She said, there are some comics that have Shuri uh, as the main storyline. And she is seen with these large tusk style earrings that inspired me to bring them here because they're just so big. Mm-hmm. And I found that this whole scene is very heavy for her. The size of those earrings represented the weight of the scene, mm. the weight of her emotions, the weight of the responsibility on her shoulders. So they were a storytelling tool for me. Wow. Which it's like, yeah, they they say everything about Shiri in this moment right here. Yeah, I never even thought of that too, but that's that's beautiful. They are so heavy and the scene was heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was, you know, a beautiful scene with all the white, you could just tell how the emotions are basically dragging everyone down. Yeah, and also uh, with her funeral look, uh, they made the hood extra large to really cover her face. It was something Ruth had seen in uh, she had seen at a runway show in Rome and she told Vogue about the look. She said, I was just in awe of the sheer fabrics and how light moved through them and these beautiful tonal prints. I was determined to do the same effect with the fabrics here and let the light really shine through and have an effect. Most of the time, you can't put a hat or a hood up because it creates shadow. But in this case, it created a luminosity that I was just mesmerized by. And it really did. And I love they incorporated in the hood this print of four connected hearts to represent the heart-shaped herb, which I'm like, that kind of is like, you know, a little hint to what's going to happen later on in the movie. And I had kind of forgotten just how big the hood was. Um, cause that, the, the first couple minutes of that film, is just like a lot happens. It's very emotional. And then like seeing it now, I'm like, wow, that the whole look really sets the tone for Shuri's like entire character development for this film. Right. It's a lot of foreshadowing happening in that Darth Palpatine, like <laughs> it's, it's huge and I love yeah. it. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Also Perfect. When the queen goes to the UN, oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. my gosh. Definitely like top three scenes for me. Um, especially Angela Bassett is incredible in this film. And she better get the Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress. That she deserves. And honestly, she deserves and should win. I don't believe that, you know, because it's a comic book movie, she can't be capable of winning that award because she is yes. that good in this film. She is. She absolutely is. She she brings so much emotion to this role. She brings so much complexity to the characters because, like, as Siri's mother, she's really trying to, like, you know, help her daughter through this grief and, like, get them to a point where they can, like, continue on with their lives And, like, to do that, she shows so many different kinds of emotions. But this look, this purple and gold look, 
just Ugh. it sets the tone she wants the rest of the world to understand in that moment. And she doesn't show up in like a typical like United Nations suit. Mm-mm. They the Wakandans show up in full fashion. And I'm obsessed, especially with that headpiece, which I looked it up. The designer of the headpiece is actually Julia Corner. Um, she created a lot of the 3D printed wearables in this film. And I just think it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant because the UN is trying to treat Wakanda like any other nation that it deals with. And she comes in and is like, no, we are not any other nation you deal with. You cannot mess with what we have. And this is why. And I, what I really love about this look is the necklace, which Ruth talked to Vanity Fair about. She said when the design was presented to Ryan and the producer, Nate Moore, they loved it. And they were like, that's what she wears to the UN. And that stumped me for a minute because I was like, she's going to a business meeting. <laughs> but they love the idea of her having this entrance as the queen of Wakanda coming to speak to the UN. Yeah. So they were like, yes, she is like right out the gate. She's a queen there. She's not one of these just regular politicians. She is a queen defending her country. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I could watch this United Nations scene over and over and over. I mean, you all know the purple look we're talking about because it's probably burned into your memory. It's that good. It is. It is. And <laughs> I love even like because, you know, it's it's the United Nations. It's very, you know, focused on international affairs. So everyone is dressed very modestly. Her shoulders are just out. The dress like hugs her like it's beautifully tailored. It hugs her figure and she's like, I am not the rest of you and my nation will not be treated like the rest of yours. So get over it. Oh, man. And we also get that little fight scene with the Dora and, you know, those French soldiers, I believe. The French. Black (laughs) Panther knows how to do a action scene. I mean, this film has so many good ones. We'll talk about my favorite one later, but such a good scene. It was excellent. It was excellent. Uh, also excellent was a Namor. Oh one. man, I'm in love with this man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tano Chuerta blew me away. <laughs> yeah. a, he's an incredible actor. B, he is just a fine, fine looking man. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Namor, and I was wondering how they were going to do it because you know Namor is actually one of the oldest superhero characters at least to marvel i mean i believe he even dates before aquaman which is incredible um he was originally known as the submariner but you know if you know anything about the comics i mean he typically just wears like a little green diaper and a gold belt and call it a day (laughs) so i was so excited to see uh what roof did with namor and of course then they added in that you know the mayan culture to it which is not actually um how the Submariner is originally written. He has more of a Greek influence. Mm-hmm. I cannot be happier of how they did this, honestly. It's flawless. Uh, it it really, really was. And uh, Rue said to Vogue about his look, the earrings are from the Mesoamerican Mayan culture. And the Aztecs wore them too. And they're called ear flares. Every Tenochtitlan wears them. The necklace around his neck has the two-headed feathered serpent. There are other elements around the necklace that represent water, like conch shells and pearls. And Mm, they really went all in 
for him yeah and his people his jewelry is incredibly beautiful that neck piece is you know as we as Ruth just said is so good and I like the the shorts actually for no more you know I'm glad it wasn't a diaper yeah. <laughs> I didn't think Ruth would do a diaper no. you know but like the pattern on those green shorts are so beautiful too mm-hmm. and a belt you know it, it's just all flawless it is all flawless and I I what I like about his look is like clearly all the jewelry the belt all of that is very like old and ancient and stuff he's probably had for you know the hundreds of years he's been alive mm-hmm. <laughs> conservatively <Right>. um, <laughs> but it's like clearly like the shorts are new like you can see that like their culture has you know developed and modernized in their own way and i feel like the shorts are a representation of that oh tenor suerte i love you yes and uh wakandas don't like him so much no (laughs) and i'll I'll be honest he could use some better diplomacy skills yeah like he really just shows up and is like uh yeah you need to stop this immediately no explanation of exactly who he is who his people are just like yeah he very hostile right off the bat (laughs) he came off a little strong at first i was like we need to dial it back especially if you intend for us to like be allies well yeah yeah (laughs) he was just like not working (laughs) he was like no stop it bye (laughs) yeah oh man very just disappeared and they're just like like i can't blame them they're so confused i would be too (laughs) but i love their trip to the united states (laughs) Um, oh man okoye and shuri look so good i mean this is like a real fashion moment it is it really is and shuri and gray's looks to be undercover at the university were probably one of my favorite looks, especially <laughs> the Louis Vuitton glasses, uh, with which Ruth said to Carter were actually her personal pair. Wow. Uh, she had worn them during rehearsal, and Ryan said to Ruth, Ruth, what do you think of those glasses? They are so good because Shuri looks at her like, are you saying to me that you're wearing something undercover? They're very American to me. (laughs) So he was just like, yeah, those ones. Like, it's such a, I love, it's such a comedic moment in this, what has been a very, very serious movie up to this point. And it's just kind of like perfectly, like, perfect little light moment. Yeah. Okoye looks incredible. And I love Shuri's jumpsuit. I could have watched the scene forever. And I felt bad that they're making fun of Okoye because she looks so good. Okoye like, looks so good. <laughs> but the, the sunglasses are a little, a little much. They're like a lot. You they look just, good, but not if you're undercover. Okoye would definitely stand out. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Anyway, she's going to stand out. But those, those Louis Vuitton glasses are really like, yeah, you're undercover. Okay. But also, Rue says they're both wearing Adidas. Rue said to Vogue, Cherise is in a purple tracksuit that we designed with Adidas and their seed program, uh, which stands for 
School for Exceptional Education and Design. Idea started this program for black and brown girls who want to learn about the, the next level of sports. So we all work together on Shiri's tech shoes. In these outfits, she's wearing their 4D tennis shoes. So I love that she like worked with Adidas and uh, this program to create such unique looks for Shiri. Yeah, I love that. You know, Ruth is very, um, she has her like finger on a pulse of what's Mm -hmm. going on and she knows, you know, how to really be um, inclusive. So I'm really glad that she gave this opportunity to the seed program. That's awesome. Yeah. I also love, I forget if it was the Vogue article or another one, because like a lot of what they make is like prototypes and one-offs. So she said, she was like, I kept getting single pairs of shoes. (laughs) She was like, and she's like, they were great. And I love them. I just kept praying that I would get the mate for the shoe because I just kept having (laughs) one shoe. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Which I'm like, oh, talk about something stressful in what is already like stressful production, I'm sure. Right. (laughs) Oh, man, Elizabeth. One of my favorite costumes, favorite scenes. Actually, it's just all my favorite part. (laughs) is the bridge scene where we get to see Namor's uh, people show up and they're ready to take Riri Williams. Um, I love Namora, who is Namor's cousin and Atuma. Mm -hmm. They are serious badasses. I love their costumes. I love that action scene. It's my favorite one. It's so strong. That fight between Okoye and Atuma. It's just, this is such a good moment. It is an excellent moment, and it's one Ruth spoke to Vogue about. Uh, She said, Namora, she's a leader and warrior woman. This was honoring the lionfish. Her headpiece is made to resemble lionfish fins. Now, a lionfish is only about the size of your hands. So these elements we loved because they're larger than any lionfish would have grown. It represents how they were able to fashion their adornments not by killing any fish but by creating the look themselves we talked to marine biologists and asked them what's at the bottom of the ocean they said fish bones sponge-like substances coral so bones were a big thing because there are lots of bones down there (laughs) (laughs) which i was like i was a little confused by all the bones and the costumes i was like uh okay like i get like i I just didn't understand it i was like i guess it it looks cool like it looks you know kind of scary but i'm like oh that makes sense yeah that makes sense (laughs) that there's a ton of fish bones at the bottom of the ocean (laughs) they're using what's around them and i think it looks so cool um on namora and atuma too i love that he has like the hammerhead shark Mm -hmm. uh, skull on his head oh so good i was thinking i'm so glad that you read this quote i was I kept thinking that looks like lionfish to me, mm-hmm. but you know, I wasn't positive cause I thought, you know, would it be feathers that wouldn't be right. So I'm so glad it was lionfish. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. I like, I like their costumes cause like they're very like kind of elegant in a way, I think because they are like, they're not, it's not like heavy armor. It's very like selective of what's like they're protecting. But like that also has these moments of like vibrancy, like, you know, those the lionfish, you know, 
resembling head peas that just kind of like makes it stand out from everything else. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Such a great scene. And Spencer, are you ready to talk a little bit more about this when we come back? You know it. We haven't got to the good parts. <laughs> we'll be right back. What's up, costume nerds? This is Spencer, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume blogcast. I love the simple things in life. Free parking, air conditioning, and a nice comfortable hoodie. If you feel the same way, then I'm here to let you know that if you wanted to support our show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy awesome blogcast merch through TeePublic, such as t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and stickers. We even have a baby onesie for all those baby costume designers out there. To get your merch, head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Thank you for all your support. head to Talocan, but before we do, we have a few more costumes that we have to give their shout-outs to. Uh, first, I was beyond excited to see <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus make a surprise appearance as <laughs> Valentina. I, I'm a Julia Louis-Dreyfus super fan. I know that they're trying to set up, you know, uh, oh my gosh, what's it called? The Thunderbolts, and I'm here for it whenever you can. And she looks good in that purple. She looks so good. Um, I did not expect her to be the ex-wife of uh, Everett Ross. Everett Ross, Wakanda's friend, Everett Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and their whole subplot. I was just like, what is happening here? <laughs> I like, love it. What is going on? Was it necessary? No. No. Did I love it? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> she she's just kind of seeming like this kind of like a little bit crazy ex-wife. And then it's so diabolical because she's like, I was spying on you the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> she was doing what he expected, you know. Yeah. Uh, but let's head to Telecon. And as we mentioned before, they really based off the... Mesoamerican culture, which is a historic region spanning modern day Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Belize, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica, and includes indigenous groups like uh, the Maya, the Olmec, and the Aztecs, and the Toltec, which is just like a massive, massive well of inspiration which ruth carter really used beautifully it was beautiful it was definitely my favorite part of this film you know i i was wondering like what could ruth carter do to you know kind of one up what she did before and what i loved about her work on the first one it was about world building mm -hmm. she created wakanda and in this film she had to create wakanda 
and also create Talokan at the same time. Yes. And it was beautiful. It, she like, you know, did double what she did in the first film, which is why I think she's definitely getting an Oscar nomination. And I think likely will and should win, honestly, because she just, she created two incredibly beautiful worlds. She did. And they took the bulk of their inspiration for them from the Mayan culture. Uh, she explained to the Hollywood reporter, the Maya vase database was a source of inspiration. The Mayans created their story on pottery. So the database rolls out images flat. You see that they had sheer fabrics, jade, ear spools, all the elements of the culture. Once an idea was put on paper and we liked the aesthetic of it, the drawing or idea went to the historians. They, they'd come back and say, that doesn't represent Mayan culture in the era that we are pulling most of our ideas from. So you need to change these aspects. It was classic 17th century Mayan. So we'd go back and tweak it. You're creating a new world that's based on real historical anchors. And you want the people who have this in their lineage to be proud that this was accurate. So they really went to all lengths possible to ground it in reality and historical accuracy, which is, it turned out beautifully. Yeah, I loved it. And just seeing all the costumes, every single one was, you know, different from the other uh, the fabrics, the textiles, the textiles especially, mm -hmm. so beautiful. I mean, and it's, I love the inspiration too of being underwater. Uh, we haven't even talked about the fact that most of this took place in filming underwater too. Yeah. Which is incredibly difficult. I still don't understand how they did this. How do you costume? I mean, we've talked <laughs> before on like, how do you design costumes for black and white? Um, yeah. I, don't you know where to start with designing a costume that goes underwater? Right. <laughs> that is my biggest question for when we do speak with, with Ruth right? Carter is like, how, how, how? Well, thankfully, she is very open to talking about it as she did with The Hollywood Reporter uh, when she was talking about Namor's incredible headdress. Oh, I love it. It's so good. So good. She said... We made a headdress for Namor with organic materials and feathers. He went underwater and everyone loved the way it looked and floated. But when it came out, it was unusable because chemicals in the water bleached out the color. So we oh were gosh. So we were constantly learning how to fix our dyes so they didn't fade. We had to weigh and tether the fabrics. Every costume was different. We put M'Baku's wood-like costume on a background actor and plunged him in the 20-foot tank, and he just floated. <laughs> we could not weigh him enough to get him to go down and to do work underwater. I decided to think Roman Gladiator and give him a raffia skirt and all the accoutrements with sandals instead of big, heavy Ugg boots. <laughs> so, so it's all about weight, it sounds like. It's all about weight. She said this like over and over again, because she's like, if you do not weight anything, if you don't tether it, 
gravity works. Everything just floats up. Like (laughs) it does not work. So they really had to think about the weight of the costumes. And then, like she said, you know, a lot of those fabrics, as far as, you know, technology has come for dye fastness, you know, just plunging costumes in the water for, you know, hours on end, you know, can't stop chemicals from messing with the dye fastness. So they had to do all sorts of crazy things to get these costumes in working order for the film. Oh, wow. That's, I'm blown away. Um, also in Telecon, we see some two incredible costumes that I absolutely love. One that you see Namora wear. Um, I'm not, I don't really remember at what point in the film. I just know it's in Telecon. And also Shuri wears too. It's more of like that ceremonial look. Um, mm-hmm. Those are both Iris Van Herpen pieces, actually. Um, and you oh. could really see the Iris uh, influence on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Shuri wears the one ceremonial piece with the jade on it. Um, that is an Iris piece. And then the one that Namora wears, uh, we'll post it on our Instagram so you could all see. But stunning, stunning, stunning work. Actually, yes. Ruth worked with um, a few designers. I know Iris is one of them. She worked with Mugler, um, that Ooh. that college university moment we were talking about. Yeah. Okoye's jacket is Mugler. Um, and I know there's a few others, too. All good stuff. And, I mean, I could watch uh, the telecon oh. scenes over and over and over. Yeah, that is like all of these different, you know, designers, you know, different people she reached out to. Like the fact that it came together so beautiful is the testament to just how incredible a costume designer Ruth is because she knows how to outsource and how to, you know, what people are best at Mm -hmm. and has the overall vision to, you know, outsource and delegate and get something so coordinated and beautiful yeah couldn't agree more and also what was so beautiful was nakia played by lupita nyong'o i love lupita i think she's incredible and she did not disappoint in this film not that i thought she would but she was so good her performance was so powerful um and i loved her armor Yes, that green armor. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It looked stunning on her. And it I liked it because it was really like not something we had seen in Wakanda before. It was definitely very like unique to her. And she's been living outside Wakanda, like not involving herself. So I liked that kind of like distinction. Yeah. Yeah. She has she has a little bit more of the Haiti influence now because um, mm-hmm. that's where she's living ever since the blip, which yeah. is, you know, a Marvel <laughs> reference for all the nerds out there. Um, <laughs> um, and you also find out that, you know, there's other reasons why she's in Haiti mm-hmm. as well. Um, which I'm yeah. like, why? Why the Angela Bassett b- drag her into this mess? <laughs> <laughs> she had no one else to turn to, which is the sad part of it all. I also have to say that's so cool that Lupita Nyong'o was able to speak Spanish too, because she yes. actually grew up speaking Spanish, which I thought was, you know, so powerful, so incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, incredible. Also, uh, Nakia's funeral scene, there's like a second funeral in this film, unfortunately. And the white on her with the white floral, um, like flower crown moment, all the like funeral pieces in that second funeral when it's just a small gathering Mm -hmm. around the queen's casket. I feel stupid even saying that 
Why? <laughs> um, they all look so good, though. They all all look wonderful, especially her. That was... Uh, I, I was yeah. so choked up during that part. <laughs> yeah, same. I cried a million tears. It, but I also really loved this silver and beige ensemble that she wears. Uh, it was... It's so different from everything else she wears. And Ruth said to Vanity Fair about the look, it felt so easy and so vulnerable and still queenly, but casual. Mm -hmm. I really liked when that one came up because it gave us just like a break from all the majesty, all of the pageantry. And it really does. Like it, it is equally as regal and gorgeous as all of her other looks but that beige really just like brings it down a bit it kind of shows you like at this point in the movie she's a little bit tired she's a little bit like you know i want my kid back i you know yeah i want my country back together and so it's just kind of her being like i feel like having a breath that she hasn't been able to have for a very long time yeah it's real good stuff um when she we're talking about the look that she wears when she goes to the beach to meet Namor Mm -hmm. and just the colors against the background which is you know the beach uh so stunning to look at it's just she looks so regal and um divine it's just like 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 you said it's a breath of fresh air it truly is um, was also a breath of fresh air and something we were all so excited for was Shiri's Black Panther suit. Yes, it came out so good. We were all, you know, talking who's going to be the Black Panther. Was it going to be Shuri? Was it going to be Nakia? Was it going to be Queen Ramonda, which yeah. was originally my vote? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always kind of felt like it was going to be her. Yeah, I mean, based on precedents in the comics, it should be Shuri. mm -hmm. Um, So that was everyone's first, you know, expectation. Yeah, and and I really loved it. I loved how, like, they were, you know, bringing back the heart-shaped herb through science. Um, And when she took it and went to, like, the ancestral plane, I was was freaking out. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, who is going to be in that chair? Yeah, and I I almost <laughs> screamed in the theater, Spencer. <laughs> when you saw Killmonger, <laughs> I, I almost screamed because I like I was like I don't know who like who could be there. I was like it has to be, you know, Angela Bassett. It has to be the Queen. And then it was Killmonger, and I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty wild seeing Michael B. Jordan. Uh, get a quick little cameo my theater they start screaming you know? <laughs> it, it was so wild i loved it and then her suit oh my gosh yeah back to the suit i love the gold accents on it it's so cool you know we've seen this mm-hmm. before a little bit and a lot of the armor that sherry designed for t'challa but she really made it her own she really did make it her own i personally i love the little like almost pearl details throughout it and i feel like that was very intentional because ruth said to vogue there's a 2d drawing that's first done by marvel when it comes to designing the superhero suit then the film's team decided to add in gold accents to the initial concept 
I think it's part of the Wakandan language. We wanted their brilliant armor to feel like jewelry. And it really does. It really does look like she's put on jewelry. And the process of making it, I find superhero suits so interesting. (laughs) Same here. Because it's like, none of these are practical. But there has to be, and most of them are digitally enhanced, but there has to be a lot of practical elements to them. And Ruth explained the process to Vogue. She said, the process of making this suit is that we do an exact vacuum molding of Shuri's body. She stands in a chamber, gets thrust in, and we make a mannequin. From that mannequin, we decide how do we enhance her muscles? So we maybe add a little more shoulders. We might enhance her pectorals. We may give her a little more of that dynamic shape. Not too much because we don't want to make a cartoon. We just want to show that she has earned superhuman strength from the heart-shaped herb. And the dots, I don't know why no one prior to the opening of the film saw the dots and figured out it was Shuri. (laughs) That's so funny. She's like, you dummies, it's so obvious. (laughs) Which after I read that, I was like, oh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all should have known. <laughs> yeah, she's right. <laughs> and I feel like I was, Marvel was loving the fact that we didn't pick up on it. <laughs> right. Like, I thought it was, it could have definitely been Shuri, but I also felt like there was a good case where I could have been Nakia also, mm-hmm. especially with, you know, T'Challa passing. Like, I feel like Nakia would also have um, that fight to be a Black Panther. But I was surprised by so many people mm-hmm. saying it was either M'Baku or Killmonger, which, by the way, he's, he's dead. dead. I, but so many people kept saying that. And which I, was just I like, thought was what? insane. I was like, I'm sorry, did we not watch the same first Black Panther movie? Like, what happened? Right. And then when people were like, it could be M'Baku, I was like, have you seen Winston Duke? <laughs> like, that is not M'Baku in that suit. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I was like, when they first showed it, it's like, Okay, that's clearly like a female body. Like this yeah. is it's not Mbaku. What are you talking yeah. about? Like sometimes I just want to strangle people, but uh I mean it would have been cool if he was a Black Panther. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh, it would have been great. Clearly he would have been a him. fun Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I do love at the end of the movie though, he kind of gets what he always wanted. <laughs> right. Which was to be the ruler of Wakanda, which I'm like, I kind of feel like this is a temporary position for you, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) But the Black Panther suit was not the only excellent new set of armor that we got, Spencer. Oh, man. We got to see the Midnight Angels in live action. Um, So we're talking about that blue and gold armor that Shuri makes for Okoye, who's no longer General Dador Milaje. And Okoye recruits Anika, played by the incredible Michaela Cole, Mm -hmm. uh, who was so perfect in this film. Just flawless casting. I I love this armor. The first time I saw it, I was like, what am I looking at? I was like, this is freaking (laughs) weird armor. Um, But then I look, I mean, there's comic book reference that looks just like it the midnight angels so ruth did an incredible job and i actually really grew to like this armor once you see in action the way it moves 
I don't, I still don't understand what the inspiration is. And I'm very excited to talk to Ruth about that at some point. I know. But it looks so badass. I'm excited. It does. If you like look back at a lot of like African cultures, the kind of masks they would wear, I feel like that's probably where they got a lot of that influence. But yeah, I'm, I want to talk to her about this one. <laughs> it, it, to me, like gives me like a nautical vibe a little bit. Like it almost feels like something that, uh, the people of Talakan would wear almost <laughs> to me, but like, you know, it's so cool. I'm obsessed with it. And Okoye looks so good in it. I've mm-hmm. actually seen the armor in person. It's one of the costumes <gasps> they had at um, the theaters I went to. Ooh. And it's so beautiful. Um, it's also not the only cool armor we see. We see Riri Ril- Williams show up in her new yes. Ironheart suit, which was also badass. I, I know we haven't talked about her really during this this episode but she is my new favorite addition to (laughs) the marvel universe and because i was confused i was like who like what's happening with iron man and then i saw her in this iron heart suit and i was like oh oh this is yeah this is our new our new iron man so good and we're getting a spin-off tv series called iron heart as well which i'm gonna watch the shit out of (laughs) i'm so excited Oh, man. So good. So good. But they truly saved the best for their mid-credits surprise scene, Spencer. Oh, man. Talking about tears. T'Challa and Nakia had a son, of course. Mm -hmm. The young actor who plays T'Challa's son is Divine Love Kunadu's son. And... He's an incredible, incredible young actor. I believe he's all of seven. He is. All of seven years old, making me cry like a little baby in the theaters. (laughs) It was just the perfect, perfect ending to this film. It was just like, at the end of the day, you know, this film was really a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. And I feel Mm -hmm. like those last five, ten minutes uh, really took it home for me. Letitia Wright, um, with the scene where she's like finally like sitting down and crying by the beach. Um, so powerful, you know, she didn't even have to say anything because you just felt how real those tears were. Mm -hmm. And Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. It was just really beautiful and such a great send off. And I'm excited to see what young T'Challa does and maybe some future films. We'll see. I know. I'm excited. I'm so excited. But that is the end of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Spencer. Yes. Oh, I can't believe we're finally here. And it's time to play our favorite game one last time for the year. Are you ready, Elizabeth? I am ready. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was your one costume to rule them all? This was very hard because there's so many flawless costumes in this film. But to me, I think my favorite was actually Nomura's lionfish look we see on the bridge. To me, it just said everything I loved about this film. You know, Ruth Carter really had to step up what she did and recreate a whole new world for Talokan. And I just felt like this, you know, dedication to the understanding the Mesoamerican culture was really beautiful. And this piece that Namora wears, I feel like is just everything. It's just so beautiful. I think Ruth and her team did such a great job understanding the culture, you know, doing the research, 
um, making it authentic and staying true to that Mayan heritage. So definitely my favorite costume. It's so beautiful. Uh, is an excellent choice. Uh, mine is Shiri's funeral look right at the beginning because it, like we said before, it really sets the tone for her entire uh, character development. Those big tux, tusk earrings, you know, just repre- really represent the like weight of her grief, which she does not let go of till she meets her nephew. She she holds that literally until the very last scene. And then the little um, graphic of the heart shaped herb on her hood, you know, representing like, OK, she she is going to be the Black Panther like she is the next, you know, hero of Wakanda and it just it represents everything she goes through in this movie. And I think it's just a flawless look. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's so funny how much like uh, foreshadowing there was in the costumes. Yeah. Because again, <laughs> Shuri has the dots on her face. So yeah. again, to what Ruth Carter said, she's like, how did you all not know? Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah, so yeah. right. It was so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. And with that, that brings us to the end of Wakanda Forever and the end of all of our episodes this year. We're finally here. We, this is it, everybody. Um, We will be returning next month. Uh, In the meantime, though, if you need some, we'll still be putting out content on our Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod, on TikTok at the Art of Costume If you want to hear some extra episodes from us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the art of costume. If you need some very, very last minute Christmas gifts, you can check out our merch store at the art of costume.com slash pod store. And if you would like to give us a little Christmas gift, we would really appreciate a five star text review on Apple podcast and or Spotify. Also, we are preparing for our third season. Still, we have a incredible calendar lined up. Uh, But with that, we really want to hear from you all what your thoughts on a podcast are and how we can make it better um, and what content you want to see. So we actually do have a survey live. If you go to the show notes, you'll see a link to it um, through the end of the year. Uh, if you could fill out this quick five minute survey for us to let us know how we're doing. And we'll be picking one person in a raffle drawing to win a $50 Amazon gift card too. So you could use that for some more gifts if you want to get even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's been an incredible year, Elizabeth, and I'm so thankful for everyone who's listened to us and supported us this year. All the incredible costume designers who have joined us, all of our guests, our friends. It's been an incredible year for us and I'm very thankful and I can't wait to get started. As am I, Spencer. I'm so excited for the next year. Thank you, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit the Art of Costume Blogcast.com for all blogcast updates. 
if you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Testing, testing, testing. Yep. Snappy Daniel. Okay. In three, two, one, snap. Oh, I got a good one. I did it. <laughs> I freaking moved my entire mic. <laughs> I'm sure it will suffice for Lord Daniel.